0: for tuning in to the world xp podcast if you're enjoying the content please remember to drop a sub drop a like and leave your thoughts down below in the comments with that we will see you guys in the podcast zach welcome back it's been forever you bought a business and you got your own podcast studio you've been making moves how you been bro
1: i've been great eric it's great to hear from you great to connect and yeah been making as many moves as i can and looking forward to chatting with you and just getting things rolling again, getting back into the podcast game. I feel like I've been away for too long. I've got a lot of people texting me, asking me what's going on with that. Did I, am I continuing it or are you not continuing it? Who what?
0: knows? It'll be, no, nah, I mean, you bought the equipment, so you have to now.
1: Yeah. And you held me accountable too, for this talk for, you know, our conversation. You're like, Hey, are you going to get on? Are we going to yeah. talk again? And I was like, okay, <laughs> now I have to Is Eric's texting me asking me if, oh, yeah, was no, that I'm the excited. deadline?
0: Was that the deadline for you to get all your equipment in
1: today? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever you texted me, I was really rushing. I was running back and forth. I was getting a lot of things done. But no, no. But yeah, I'm excited.
0: No, it's wild how those little like triggers in life make you do, think like it wasn't. I had no idea that you were doing this, but like in your head, you're like, this is the like a little trigger, and this is the deadline you set for yourself, and you did it. Yeah. So, good job it's also wild what the internet can do like we never would have met each other or still been connected if
1: not for the internet so yeah it's crazy to the internet whoever whoever created it
0: it might be it was it was them that's a fact actually really yeah wow it was called uh i'm gonna get the name wrong but they created it back for like military communications back in, like, the 80s, I think. And then by the time it went public, like, the dot-com boom in the, ni- like, 90s, it, har- it had already been in use in small segments by the military for, like, 10 years. Wow.
1: So, and what does DARPA stand for again? What's the acronym? Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Wow. So, imagine what's going to come out in, like, 20 years from now. Yeah. The that they've been using for the last five years that they –
0: well that's, that's the goal. The that's, that's their mission statement is to look for weapon systems twenty five years into the future. So the stealth um the stealth fighter that got um, that they made his <laughs> made his debut in Persian Gulf, the F one seventeen. That fighter had been in development for like twenty five years before they brought it out. So and it was new technology in, in ninety one when it made its debut. But we had already had the tech for like 15 years wow which is nutty if you think about it which also is why some of the ufo stuff is like let me preface this that i think that there is a 0.0000001 percent chance that we are the only intelligent life out like in the in the gut ga- like there's no way there's not
1: something agreed. else agreed
0: however aside from you know the TikTok thing with david fravor In 2004, yeah, so aside from that, I don't, and I haven't done the research, but some of the, like, unmanned stuff that we're building, like, um, there was just a full-on unmanned ship that's being tested by the Navy and somebody else. No crew. Not one person on the ship, but it's like a whole-ass ship.
1: That's wild. So it has some sort of AI that senses That r- air. runs it. Yeah, it has to like, so it's oh, probably controlled.
0: Mm-hmm. And so if they are releasing that now, that's been in develop for in, in development for like 20 years. You hear people talk about like the AI problems that are existing now. It's like for them to be testing stuff at that scale now, which means they probably solved some of the problems that, no one else knows about and then that gets you to like weird stuff in the sky like in the 60s people saw like the blackbird flying like oh it's so high and so fast like has to be a ufo but it was just top secret planes from area 51
1: right and that explains a lot of the uap culture going around now yeah it does that are you know people are talking about that they see and now even i i enjoy listening to people's stories because the it's no longer like you're no longer a crazy person. If you talk about it, it's like, okay, now we have yeah. some legitimate people that have come out that are very reputable, that are very credible, that have talked openly about their experiences with things that they've seen from the sky in the sky. Yeah. Like, okay, there's no doubt that this exists. Now what do you do with that information?
0: Yeah. What,
1: you know, where, where do you go with it? Okay. There's something in the sky that we don't know that no government wants to talk about, that no one wants to release any information. So the rest of us are just kind of, you know, sitting around. Um, with our, no one's
0: I, claimed I, it either. That's the thing. Like there's videos of us, Chinese, Russians, like a few others shooting at these things. And nobody's claimed it. So if we're all shooting at each other, but nobody's claiming, like that doesn't make any sense. So there's definitely something out there. I just don't unless know. Unless they're
1: tied together and they're like okay we're going to shoot at it you guys shoot at it we'll act like nobody knows and not but no the shot. reality <laughs> of that is like not zero
0: no sh- there's no shot like no there's no there's no way i i would you know what? I'm go not going to say i'm not going to say there's no way um but i would put a lot of money on that's not the case we can't even work together to find a solution about ukraine I think we're going to come up with some like whole Tag team thing to shoot at some random Mm. thing in the air just to trick everybody? Like, no, like that's so far down the rabbit hole of conspiracy. That's like past Alex Jones level. Yeah, wonder if saying that is going to get this like taken down. I mean,
1: like, why not? uh, We're we're basically shooting for the stars today. We're going to talk about Tate, Alex Jones, UFOs. (laughs) I mean, we might as well just go for
0: it, right? Like, go. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the most egregious thing we can say is Mm -hmm. before we get taken down
1: most controversial topics we can talk about without get uh, before we get canceled. January 6th no, I'm just, <laughs> just drop up
0: <laughs> just say all of all of insurrection. the insurrection insurrection January 6th COVID Alex Jones
1: Ivermectin all, uh, all, all the words that I've never heard of before the last year yeah Andrew Tate what else
0: uh, I don't
1: know I ran out of stuff apparently no. you can no.
0: apparently you can say Ivermectin again
1: well, that's know. nice. I mean, I'm glad that the tyrants have told us what we can and can't say, and now it's approved by the, you know, the leaders, the yeah. well, it's of the world.
0: COVID's over, did you hear? It's now monkeypox, so right. ivermectin doesn't matter anymore.
1: <laughs> oh my These are God. jokes, people. These it, are
0: jokes. Do not take this seriously. Nothing I say is serious. Disclaimer. I, I feel like I have to do that. Do I have to do that?
1: You don't have. I I did. I did
0: it. I did it anyway, so it's fine.
1: Because it's part. There, my dad always likes to say, in every joke, there's partial truth. Yeah. Funny.
0: It does. That's the whole point.
1: Right. There's a truth in it that people are like, "Ooh, that's actually a really good point." But he framed it in a way that I can laugh at it.
0: Yeah. Hundred percent.
1: Which I really appreciate that recently more than ever. I think that I've been able to take myself less seriously, be able to laugh at mistakes and things that you do that you where I used to take things so seriously and not want to make a mistake now it's kind of like oh wait a second it's okay to laugh at yourself and there's power in comedic relief actually
0: laughter is the best medicine so cheesy but it's also true it's also life is more fun that way when you don't take yourself too seriously and every like you gotta be serious sometimes like there's people that I know that everything is a joke like literally everything. And those people are fun until you actually need them to be serious about something. And then it's like, bro, come on. But no, generally like, it's so much more fun that way to, I don't know, just like make light of the situation. Like for example, Andrew Tate, (laughs) he was on this podcast called, um, for those listening, he's on this podcast called your mom's house. Did you listen to the 10 minutes? Yeah. When you hear the guys in the back laughing, that is how what he's saying should be taken as a joke yes because it's funny and i don't what he does is he speaks in these giant generalizations to become divisive because some of it like it seems reasonable and then other parts are like that's horrible and then so you have people saying like yeah i agree and then you have people saying no i don't agree and then it creates this like internet like
1: attraction.
0: Yeah, attraction. Yeah, exactly.
1: Action on the internet that people are like, "Ooh, there's discourse here. Let's listen."
0: Yeah. So he's done this like he's done this brilliantly, honestly. And now he's been banned from Instagram and Facebook and Twitter probably for forever. But which is basically-
1: ludicrous because it, you know, there's people that are saying much more abhorrent things on the internet that are allowed to do so. And that are yeah. not canceled. That are, I mean, you have, you know, leaders of whole cults of people that are promoting violence and I don't know the you know, Taliban's on Twitter. Yeah, there you go. The Taliban. It's a perfect example, and they're allowed to tweet out fatwas and get people, you know, stabbed in the neck and all different yeah. types of things. But
0: nah, it's, it's very wacky. wacky. Very wacky.
1: Yeah, Should be allowed to share opinions on the internet, share their ideas and let people decide for themselves which, which idea is best for their own personal situation. You mm-hmm. shouldn't yeah remove someone just because you think that they're... just because they disagree with something you think.
0: Yeah, it's a bit weird. It's almost like what happened is... Because this wasn't really a thing pre-Donald Trump, but I feel like what happened was the people in media who were doing like giving us the stories or whatever, Trump got elected, and I feel like they thought, well, you know, we were trying to let them make their own decisions, but they've done this, and this is the dumbest thing ever, so now we can't let them do it anymore. So we have to take anything that we deem problematic away, because last time we didn't do that, this is what happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they thought it was wrong. And yeah. My dad and I were talking about that the other day, uh, and it, it's actually pretty interesting, because I've heard this from someone else, too, that, a lot of the reason the cancel culture exists is because it's promoting uh, a certain amount of masculinity. Not that masculinity is the the only thing that you know should exist in the world, but it is important because it's our na- its biological nature for men to do certain things, and we all have our individual roles, and we work better together. You know, men mm. and women work better together when we're you know doing things that that we naturally would do without mm. the influence of a bunch of out uh, uh you know outside influence and i i read this really interesting article about cosmopolitan magazine
0: mm-hmm.
1: where they they basically did some research back in like the 70s 80s something like that and they were uh they they learned that women tend to buy things more through print media and, and that evolved into social media and women didn't Say, for example, on, on average, in broad generalizations, women didn't like, say, Donald Trump or an Andrew Tate because of the messaging he was providing because it was whatever, whatever you want to say, pro-male, you know, anti-feminist movement, whatever the word is people like to say. But the reason is because women tend to buy more things on social, via social media than men do, and so they want to keep their audience happy, so they remove these voices that are promoting you know, men to be strong men and to be, you know, providers for their families and to go out into the world and win the battle and bring, you know, bring the rewards home to their family and take care of their family. And my, mm. what my dad said the other day was that in the, he realized that a lot of the problems that we have now started whenever they promoted women to go out and work instead of taking, you know, taking care of their children raising their children themselves. Mm because the, you know, this young generation didn't have a mom to teach. My dad was raised by a, you know, a stay-at-home mom. And the principles that a mom can teach their kids when, they have, when that's their primary role is to you know, raise the children, which is a full-time job in itself. It's probably the most important job any human could have is raising other humans to be good people and to be contributing members of society. And whenever you take that out, and you say, oh, women should be in the workforce. Women, you know, Nobody should raise the kids. The schools should raise the kids. The welfare system should raise the kids. There, there's kind of like a couple of things that happened that my dad and I spoke about. One, businesses uh, have women and men on the payroll. So now the state, the government gets double the tax revenue because men and women are paying their income tax. So they're getting double the revenue and the kids are being raised by their school systems instead. So you get the influence of the next generation and you get more of the parents' money. And mm. those two things combined lead to kind of a lost, chaotic world where we don't have necessarily you know, a system that works. You know, women were, A lot of the welfare state was promoted for women to stay at home and not have a job. You know, they had, to not get married was a, a positive. They get more welfare money if they have more kids and they stay unmarried. And that's the family unit is probably the most important thing for a thriving, prosperous society.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree with, with a lot of that. I think the, one of the, at least now, one of the reasons why both um, genders go into the workforce is because it's so hard. You can't pay for rent or buy a house on one on one salary so it's twofold it's like financially it's not it's not really feasible at least where i live and then it's true it's the other of- thing uh i'm gonna say something else oh yeah the natural like roles i think i i don't i don't disagree to to a point but there's also there's also like the there's there's two things that go along with it in my head right there's the the acceptance of like, I'm going to try and split this like, because it's like what you said makes sense. And then also like the acceptance of like not doing that makes sense. But the societal pressure to do one or the other is the thing that I'm like is wrong. Like for example, um, like yeah, if the I, guy, if, if I, the guy wants, if the guy's a better cook in the relationship, like that's fine like it, just because traditionally women have have done cooking doesn't mean that that can't like you can trade off a lot of the roles right where where i would say traditionally in terms of raising children the like the right there's always like the overarching generalization of moms tend to impart these traits when they're raising children and and fathers tend to impart like these other traits and i was listening to a po- uh, what was the guy's name it was a child uh, development psychologist he was on jordan peterson's podcast and i listened i listened to it like a year ago and he had a whole spiel about like the different roles that they play and while that's true you can also work within like those aren't rigid which is where society's saying you know we don't need to adhere to traditional gender norms, like, has merit. Like, both sides have merit. And I think it's important to recognize each Each of those in your own relationships. For Like, like, we, like when we were texting about the grocery store methods, like, you take some and you shelve other ones. Like, and so I think people have, so the acceptance movements, this is the problem that I have with a lot of the tribalism stuff. It's like, the acceptance move, movements have a lot of merit generally like if you want if you want to take from a broader societal perspective um like i'll use gay marriage as an example like i don't like i think they should be allowed to be married i don't i don't care it doesn't matter to me at all it doesn't affect my life if two people who are gay go get married it doesn't matter to me but there's still like a traditional sort of gender role where you're like where like conservative people are like, "That's not marriage is supposed to be between men and women, and I think both can both can be true, right? You can have the conservative people say, You know what? I don't care that they're doing that over there, and then you can have these people say, Yeah, maybe, but also this is how we're choosing to live and both I think both can be both can be true at the same time, and we don't have to pick one or the other, and that's where the tribalism gets very. Irritating to me. I'm not sure I'm articulating this nuance very well, but like, no, I,
1: I think I I'm putting does that, make, I, I'm does that putting, make sense. Yeah, it does. Because ultimately, your life is your life. Mm-hmm. You can't. And, and I think it's kind of what we were talking about too. Having the patience as a human being to at least listen to someone's story and understand that there are nuances in everyone's life. Mm-hmm. Like I only know what it's like to be Zachary Godlip. I don't know what it's yeah. like to be Eric Jennings. I don't have your experience, your life. I don't, I don't know what you've lived through. So I can only speak from my perspective, but I can also have patience enough to listen to your perspective and say, oh, okay, now I understand you a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. I may,
1: we may not agree on it, everything, and I can guarantee we don't agree on everything, but that's okay. We can still be friends. We can still do business together. We could still do anything together. We can play soccer together. We could mm-hmm. do anything, even though we don't agree on everything. And that's where I think a lot of people is uh, – like you said the tribalism and there is a toxicity in tribalism of okay this person thinks that oh well then i can never be friends with them like take for instance even a vote a vote you're not allowed to vote in primary elections if you're an independent
0: mm-hmm. why is that yeah it makes no well, sense you know what i
1: mean like what why are you forcing us to pick a side yeah that, like that goes against the Constitution, in my opinion, and against the what the founding fathers had as an idea. It doesn't make sense to say, okay, well, if you and you can still vote whatever you want, it. But you, they're literally forcing you to pick a side and say, okay, mm-hmm. you are you going to be a D or an R? Are you going to be red or blue? Mm-hmm. And then unless you do that, unless you can, you know, agree to those terms and conditions. You're not allowed to vote in a primary elect. Uh, yeah, it's the primary. Yeah. Right. The first one. The the mm-hmm. first. Yeah, election. it's the primary. Yeah, the primaries. So you're not allowed to vote in those unless you pick a side. That doesn't make any sense. Why? No, like, why it, you it have doesn't to pick a side.
0: Yeah. No, I I agree. I want to expand on the thing about being friends or not being friends. It's not. It's past. It's past that, and it's the. In my opinion, anyways, it's past, It's past the that part it's the fact that there's so many things so all right i'm gonna try and take this apart there's like four like avenues of things the first is that there's so many things in in the world and everyone feels like they have to have an opinion so it's easier just to pick the checklist of one of one of them and so that creates a situation in which people don't in which the thought required to actually solve a lot of these issues does not take place like these issues are very very complex. A lot of them, um, some some not so much, but others others are very complex and they require a lot of thinking. Past first order, right? You at first order, then second order, third order consequences, like all the way down the list, right? You have all, all the things to consider. Um, the second is that because that's the case, it's easier. To avoid the conversation with somebody who doesn't agree so that's to your friend point but it's it's not that's like a symptom of where we are rather than i think people because if you talk if you talk to somebody and you don't know their politics you're going to treat them like most people just be cordial and it'll be fine so the basic
1: that doesn't solve anything
0: Correct. But the basic decency is where the ground floor has to be. Like if we don't have the basic decency at all, then we can't go anywhere because then you're not having the conversation in good faith. So that's the third one. You have to have the conversation in good faith that you're like, that both people are trying to solve the problem. Because if you, if, if one person thinks the other person is, isn't being genuine or doesn't actually want to solve the problem or whatever, you're not going to get anywhere. And then the fourth thing is, I don't know, kind of compounds them all. But people have to, and this kind of goes to what we talked about earlier, about just giving the information and letting people decide what they want rather than picking and choosing what information is disseminated. There's no time to for a lot of people to think about, really think about these things. And so that cycles back to the first one, the checklist problem. Because they don't have the time to think about the things, it's just easier to like, be informed and have like a semi opinion based on what some guy said on something.
1: Yeah, give me and your so, elevator speech. What's you know what's your what's your sell? What what's your point? For what? Oh yeah yeah no like, exactly that, like that's the mentality. It's like give me your elevator yeah. speech. What's the what's the point that you're trying to make? I got yeah. things to do. I got I gotta you know go do something. <laughs> yeah,
0: and none and none of these issues are elevator speech issues. You cannot solve any of them that way. Like even just taking the fam, like the family thing that you mentioned, right? We don't really know. I'm sure there's studies that people can pull out to, to say, okay, my way's right or my way's right. I'm sure there's studies because that's how it, that there's so many studies now. I feel like for a lot of things, and somebody who's in academia is, please come in the comments and be like, Eric, you're full of shit. Like there's actually this, like fine, I don't know, but based on what I've seen. The family issue, like, we don't know exactly, like, we know traditionally that the nuclear family unit seems to have worked, right, throughout history. It's gotten us to here. Yeah. We don't know, really, if other sorts of family units will work, whether it's to men, to women, et cetera. Like, we don't know. And the reason we don't know is because you can have like two women and they can still espouse the same or similar traits in raising a child. And then maybe a male influence comes from a coach or something like we don't know. Right. Cause every, every single, like you're not going to have one kid raised the exact same way ever. Yeah. There's all there's because the personalities of the parents can be so different. So you can have two men and then with one kid, and then you can have two men with another kid over there. And, and they could turn out to be and they could turn out to be totally different and you have no like it's so hard to control for that that i think we really have no idea and so that's why for me the it, it's it comes down to like if you do the best that you can do then that's all we can really ask for because like these blanket sort of um these blanket statements I don't think are conducive to, to, to being productive, I guess. Like there's so many things going on in the world that it's so hard to just generalize things. Cause there's so many nuances now. Cause everyone has like, like 50 years ago, you grew up in the same, in a small town. It's like, like a, let's say like a coal mining town in Appalachia, like you're probably gonna grow up, go to school, Working in coal mines maybe you'll go to college and do something else and then like that'll be your life because the options don't really exist.
1: Yeah, your sphere of influence is very small right. as well.
0: Now, everyone's sphere of influence in the western world anyways is the entire world. And the the way to like delineate and break down the data like the the cross section is so deep now that it's almost impossible to just say like one thing is better than the other because well what if you put i don't know i'm kind of i'm rambling a bit but like hopefully that makes sense but 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 on the flip side of that there are general rules i think that each individual can portray on for example right you can just be respectful of other people like things like that those are the general rules that have to still exist but the other stuff like
1: yeah, like you think masculine, feminine energies. Mm-hmm. I've heard a lot of people talk about that, where you know certain women have are more masculine than some men. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the natural order of things is really important. Where it's not necessarily that you know, like you were saying, how even roles as parents can be flu- a little bit fluid. Like the man could say cook, or the woman mm-hmm. could, like it can work. Like there are plenty of relationships that that works great. And I think what it comes down to is an energy balance of both you know the 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 yin and yang the the what however you want to word it masculine and feminine energies that come together and how we work together uh regardless of who carries those roles i just think that traditionally and like i said on a broad scale on like if you were to take the whole world and delineate it into like one study it would say that men are <laughs> should be or are usually more masculine the woman is, is typically more feminine but there's like you said there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot individual basis that you can't you can't say that in every case. Of course not. Um, to me, it just comes down to more the energy balance of who's providing. Sure. You know, the nurture the nurturing side, and who's mm-hmm. providing kind of the discipline or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pick yeah, yourself. That's, up that's and what be it is. The, and be strong. The discipline
0: side. Yeah. Right. That's that's what it is. And but you are still right. So that's that's. I guess the point I was trying to make was like the generalities can be right but people have to figure out what what works best for them cuz someone and will say a, some, right. right someone will say a general statement and then and then the response will often be like well that doesn't apply to me it's like well that's fine it doesn't have to no right. one's asking no one's asking that to apply yeah no one's asking that to apply to you and just because it's a general like this is generally how humans work also doesn't mean that your way is wrong and that's why i think people th- Struggle with, with a. I don't even know with, like with a. Just somebody who, I don't want to say Tate because some of the shit he says is fucking wild, but like that's yeah, what people.
1: gets off on a. I think sometimes, the whatever conversation he's in with whoever people kind of he he'll take liberties that he wouldn't take with other people, yeah. which is natural for everyone. You know yeah. some. You know.
0: Yeah, but just the point I'm trying to make is generalities exist, and that's fine, and they don't have to apply to you, and just because they don't apply to you doesn't mean that that is wrong. Like right. Just because society is like, generally, humans are a certain way doesn't mean that you can't also go do the other thing, and that's where all the acceptance movements, I think, have a lot of um, merit. It's like, yes, that's true. Just because most humans are in heterosexual relationships doesn't mean that you can't or shouldn't be able to enter into a homosexual one. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have the same rights or anything else that, that, everyone else has. But at the same time, understanding that most people are not like that, it has, it has to go both, both ways. So I think we'll swing back at some point to like more of a, more of a you do you, I do me, hopefully mutual Finger, respect. fingers crossed.
1: Yeah, I think it, I, I can already see it happening in, in my small community. I mean, I see hundreds of people a day in my store. And the thing that I, that kind of uh, is troublesome or concerning to me is whenever I, – I, for instance, I met a couple the other day that are first-generation immigrants from Romania. They moved mm-hmm. here in like the 80s. The husband Escaping came Andrew Tate. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, escaping <laughs> communism is why they came. Oh, uh, that makes more sense. They left – yeah, I don't even know if Tate was born when they came here. Um, but anyway, they left Romania, and they came, and uh, the husband came first, and he he started to make a life for himself, and then he went back to Romania, brought his wife here after he had kind of established himself, and they did everything the right way. They learned the language. And this was in the 80s. This wasn't even like 100 years ago. This was 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's really interesting to me is that they – I was I was chatting with them and I was like, so what do you what do you think about our culture as Americans right now? And they were like, well, it's scary, because it reminds us a lot of what we started to see in in our country back in the '80s. You know, whenever people go out into public, and they check their shoulder before they say something that they really believe in, you know, they look over and see, see who's who's around, who's listening. They said that's what we started to see in our country, and that's the beginning of socialism and then communism is whenever people are afraid to speak their mind out of being called the name out of being called, you know, whatever it might be that goes against the, uh, the political correctness of the situation. And that's where that's, that's the part that's troublesome to me is whenever people are afraid to speak their mind and are afraid to speak. Okay. Just because, just because we disagree on something doesn't mean that, uh, that you're wrong or I'm wrong. Maybe it means that there's, three sides to this coin you know heads tails and the edge maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you know it's as black and white maybe it maybe it doesn't mean that it's you know as simple as we you know as we've been uh taught but whenever i heard that whenever i understand that i recognize that in my own community and now i just live in a small town in delaware but i see people all the time like they'll come in and they'll want to confide in me and they'll want to tell me something but they'll you know kind of check their shoulders mm-hmm. and see who's listening can i speak freely here and I try to make everyone feel welcome and, you know, warm whenever they come in and I, I, cause I enjoy people. I appreciate humanity. I like listening to people's stories, where they come from, what their experiences are like. And it, uh, but I feel a, a really, I feel that there's a movement going on with probably, I'd say like the 80% of people where it's like, yeah, we just have to get back on our, uh, get back to our own lives. And, living harmoniously not being at each other's throats because that's not sustainable we can't have a community that's thriving because we do rely on each other that doesn't mean socialism that means we help each other out of free will it doesn't mean that you know if if a guy's uh we and and part of caring for each other is being honest you know if someone's being lazy with their life and not productive you should go and you should say hey you probably need to start working. You probably need to start doing something for yourself in order to cure your own disorder. You know, that, that doesn't mean giving them a bunch of free stuff because that doesn't work. It doesn't work to give someone something for nothing mm. and say, Oh, well, we're just going to give this to you. Cause that, the, it doesn't teach them the lesson that comes with earning. Earning something is much more valuable than just being given it. You know, whenever you learn the value, like training even, for soccer, it's a simple, silly example, but if, you, if you're if you just natural at something and it just comes very easily, you don't appreciate even the art form until you really start to develop it, until you start to fail and work through that and then finally succeed and make improvements and see yourself improving, you don't appreciate the, the skill it takes to do certain things and the what hard work feels like and what it feels like to go through pain and discomfort and and then ultimately get the reward on the back end of it but that's part of taking care of each other in a community is telling that message to someone that you see that's sad or depressed or whatever word you want to use it's like hey you know the cure for your depression is not someone giving you something the cure for your bad finances are not the government paying for you you know your situation it's you going out and learning okay we have to add value to the community that's how we get rewarded and mm-hmm. once again, this is a broad generalization because obviously there's, as far as finances go, you know, there's people that inherit trusts and they, they, they never have to worry about money. And then there's other people that are born into the adoption system and they, they don't have a, anything to their name. But at the end of the day, it comes down to a, a value exchange, in my opinion. You know, if you, you can improve yourself to, to the point of gaining wealth in this country and and i don't mean wealth financially that wealth can mean family speaking wealth can mean your health your your body but through improving that's how you gain gain those things you know go out and learn and improve yourself and i think that's where that's kind of the message that i've always appreciated is go out and improve yourself and then you'll get a reward for that you have to earn it you don't it's it's not just it's not beneficial to give people things
0: yeah I, again, I don't disagree. I think to, to add nuance, right? Like, like you said, yep. just generalization. But there's a certain there's like a subset of people that don't have the ability to do that. Like, there's a certain point at which the army will stop taking people because they can't train them to do anything productive in the army. Like, like uh, based on like IQs and stuff. And that is the real problem with, in my we opinion, with like. People- Well, but there's, so, so there's yes, yes and no. Right. There's like, then you have to determine intent and then you have to like, for example, is this person just being lazy or can they actually not learn anything like that's a thing as well. And so this is when government is not, not good because you, all these people need individual solutions to the situations that they're in and to have, the government just say, "Hey, we'll give you everyone fourteen hundred dollars." It's like, okay, thanks. But also, um, you just printed this educated. out. You just printed this out of thin air, and that's not very helpful to some people. Other people, it was very helpful for. Like for me, I used it to pay for wedding stuff. Like, it's like free. Like, I mean, yeah, free is like here's my giant wedding cake and part of the catering bill done like that's helpful but then other people it goes to drugs or whatever or gambling and things like that and that's not very helpful and then it's then it goes back to the point of everyone needs their own solution and i'm sure you've heard the saying it takes a village to raise raise somebody that's kind of where it is where they need the people and the support system around them to say hey maybe you should check into rehab or hey maybe you should do this or that and then a lot of those people don't have that and then it's like okay well now what because you can't just leave them like to do what they're doing but also whose responsibility is it to help them and then you get into this philosophical thing of like
1: yeah and then every yeah go ahead no, I was just going to. The philosophical question is basically: should it be individuals or governments taking care of them? You know, should the private sector or should the public sector? And that becomes really tough to answer because
0: I'm talking specifically about the people that cannot take care of themselves and don't have oh, a support right.
1: system. It's like yeah.
0: who whose responsibility is that?
1: You're talking about people with like mental illnesses mm-hmm. or just,
0: all that yeah, stuff. Like yeah. they've gone down some path of addiction or some, or like they just or don't have just, the ability
1: or with autism or something right. along those Any, lines. Anything. Know, that's, and that's, yeah, that's a really complex issue to, to talk about. You know, that's, that's a really, uh, uh, situation by situation, you know, exactly. where you have to, you can't make broad generalizations and, uh it's tough because you do need almost like a, a sort of infrastructure which we do have to some degree but Ish. like for instance my mom, yeah yeah exactly <laughs> for 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 example my mom is a a paraprofessional in a school in a public school so she deals with autistic kids kids with learning disabilities and just normal kids every day and the situations are all unique i mean you have kids in my area that have that come from really great families with with money, with no money. You have kids that come from really bad family situations, kids that come from every every type So how do you make broad steps on that? You know, it takes an individual basis and that's where the idea of helping each other and actually contributing to your community, not asking for everything, but actually going out and you know mentoring kids on in your free time and spare time. And that's a contribution to society. That's a helpful, mm-hmm. valuable tool that people can do based on their own experiences and they can give back and say, okay, from my experience in life, this is what I learned. That's why I always value like the boys and girls club. And whenever you have, you know, people that have been successful, go back and give to those communities, not with money, because money only goes a certain way, but actually education wise, where they go and they develop relationships with kids and they say, okay, this is, this is my path. This is, I came from a similar situation as you, right? I came from, a single mom house I came from you know adoption system I came from this and this is what I did with my life this is how I did it you know I went to the library whatever the you know whatever the situation might be and it is um it's a valuable contribution that those people make that I don't think gets appreciated as much you know where it's like Mm -hmm. that's maybe that's where the answer is is in mentorship and coaching and almost like apprentice
0: yeah some I, of that for sure within the local communities for sure All right so you but so this is where uh this is slight soapbox for me this is where somebody like you and then somebody on the left will just clash immediately because they'll be like oh government needs to help somebody and your default is people need to help themselves and like both and like i wish that across the spectrum that there would be a good faith of like we're both trying to solve the same problem. We just disagree on how to do it because yeah. right now it doesn't seem like there's a a good faith. Like we're both working towards the same thing from at least that I see anyways. And that kind of going back to the point I was making about generalities and then having them, if they apply to you or they don't apply to you, it's like, there's not, it's, it's not like, there's not a good faith. Like people can't just say stuff anymore and then not have it be perceived as an a, as a personal affront or an attack on them by somebody else. And that's not like, that's where I think it was like the, like the third thing on those things I listed. Like you have to have the conversation in good faith. I feel like we've lost that a lot.
1: Yeah. I heard someone, a really, uh, a really smart guy say once that the best way to have a conversation is to start with what you agree with. Don't, Don't start the conversation with disagreement. Start the conversation with, okay, let's agree just at the beginning that we're both trying to solve A, B, C problem. Mm -hmm. And then let's go from there on how we've come to our independent solutions. Because if you start there, at least you can have a conversation. If you start with what you disagree with, both people just get emotional and they get tied to their side and they can't can't let go of – of their, of their rope, their Mm -hmm. lifeline, because that's where they feel community from. That's where they feel they're a part of that tribe. And, and that's, that's kind of not productive whenever you're just so attached to a one way of thinking and you can't listen to someone that has an alternative uh, method to get to the same solution.
0: Yeah. No, it's not productive at all. And this is where we've been as a country for the last, I don't know, seven years. Whenever Donald Trump got roasted at the Correspondents' Dinner and made his decision that he was that he was going to run for president, <laughs> whatever
1: that was. Of, well, and, and it's interesting too because I it really kind of is frustrating because I feel that there's been a lot of um, a lot of false stories that have been told over the years on every in every method of news mm-hmm. about everything. Like there's just been so many convoluting stories and I really wish that we could get to a point where news would report strictly fact like what happened like you know like literally like a recording of it and just say okay this is what happened you guys decide for yourself whereas Mm -hmm. now it's like everything is a a monologue a story that they're telling you know even like you have you have someone from CNN you have someone from Fox and what what do they do they sit there for an hour and they tell their Their story, their perspective on what happened about said issue. Yeah, and I don't think that's productive, especially when they can't. They don't start with an agreement. Their monologues always start with, "Well, look at what so and so said on the other news network," and it and it's like, okay, now you're already pitting people against each other. And I get it; that's their business model: is to get eyeballs and to you know kind of divide people to these sides and I don't know I don't think that that's I think a lot of the world is laughing at our society right now because a lot of the world, even though they may disagree with us they like for instance, there are countries in Europe that the culture doesn't really disagree with each other there's mm-hmm. kind of like said norms and even like a- like we have friends from Sudan, and there's a big uprising in Sudan right now against the government and the government is extremely corrupt like to the core, but it's a very small group of people and the outside society, 98% of the people all agree that on certain issues on certain things mm-hmm. and there's a unity, but they just can't infiltrate that government because it's so they have all the guns, they have all the, <laughs> all the military. Yeah. Like, it's literally a force and the people are kind of rebelling against that, trying to overthrow the, you know, the 2% of people with all the, you know, military power. So it's, Like I see that, like that—that's unity. They—they have a common goal that they're all trying to work towards. Mm -hmm. And we don't—I don't know if we have that right now in America. I don't know if we have a one thing that we're all trying to get to. It doesn't—it just seems like there's there's that there's kind of like vague ideas of what we're going for, but it's not really like a, you know, it just doesn't seem like there's one common goal that we can all unite as Americans to go against if that makes Yeah. Sense.
0: It does. I agree and disagree at the same time. I think if you asked a lot of people like if you gave them like a list of I don't know five things like okay we agree that homelessness should probably some something should be done about that. Like yeah, okay, sounds good. We agree that police should stop um like racial profiling. Okay, yeah, we agree on we agree on that. Okay. We think probably Like, we shouldn't be in as many wars as we're in. Okay, yeah, we should, we probably agree. Like, if you go down the list, like, there's probably, like, five to ten things that, like, everyone, like, the 80% in the middle probably agree on, I think. So, they just aren't saying it. and That's my, that's my feeling when I think a lot of people just want to be, like, not necessarily left alone, but, like, they're like, okay, can I just live my life and not care about this thing? Like, who cares if those two people get married? Like, I feel like a lot of people are in that sort of realm of things. And, yeah.
1: And no, I, to, I, I, I agree.
0: Yeah. And so your point about different countries in Europe with their cultures, like, well, they're smaller and they have very homogeneous populations, which yeah. I was going to get to a, a point different. later where I think if we the more states rights or like the more things are delegated out to the local level would be best because they understand what their local communities needs we can get into that a bit later but then the third point i was going to with the media stuff you know cnn fired brian stelter and don lemons on the chopping, top shopping block and like they let a bunch of other people go as well so it seems like they're trying to to get yeah, back to interesting. trying to get back to that and then do you know who alex Berenson is
1: i've heard the name i'm not familiar so
0: him. he was banned off Twitter I don't know a year and a half ago or so for some like covid tweets, but what came out was so he sued them because he didn't do because he had had correspondence with somebody on Twitter that was saying that they didn't think that he was doing anything like bad. Then it came out that the White House basically asked them to ban him um. And so he sued Twitter and settled, and now he's going to go after the Biden administration, and there's, like, one or two guys in particular within that that he's going to sue. And I think the media, like, to your point about the media, I think, like, the rise of, like, him winning and then the rise of, like, Substack, you know what Substack is?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Substack, which, for those listening who don't know, it's, like, this independent um, media thing like platform for journalists where you pay the the writers directly instead of through like a new york times subscription or whatever you go pay them pay them directly like the matt taibis of the world glenn greenwald's yeah, uh, alex,
1: model for journalism
0: yeah, alex parents is on there etc and it's working and so i think um more and more people like are going to these forms that these forms of media at least the ones that want to stay like the ones that are actively trying to stay that aren't just doing the checklist like okay this is what this site says the mm-hmm. ones who are actually wanting to think and so i think eventually the numbers will get big enough that it will prevail hopefully fingers crossed like i don't because people i i don't know i feel like there's so much anger that eventually people are going to get tired of being angry
1: like i don't like being angry. I don't either. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. You're absolutely, right. I think it's the beginning of the tech monopolies falling. You know, like in in, rea- in all reality, we need that. We can't have monopoly over mm. what we what we consume. The media we yeah. consume. we can't then we can't form our own ideas. We're not even told that we should form our own ideas. It's like here's what to here's what to think. Let us tell you what to think.
0: Real quick, before That's you keep going on the tech stuff. Zuckerberg was on Rogan's podcast yesterday or the day before. And Rogan asked him about the Hunter Biden story with the laptop. And Zuckerberg said basically the FBI came to them and said that this might come out and that it's going to be misinformation and so that's why they did it. Well, they hey, weren't they weren't act- he said they weren't acting independently. And um and then the Berenson story came out as well where the White House was pressuring them to ban him. And I think that some of the decisions that were made in, in terms of what's acceptable and what isn't, I think didn't come from where we originally thought it was from. So yeah. I feel like you were about to go down that path.
1: Yeah, somewhat. I, I wasn't gonna go go down the zuck path, but I, I did listen to that and I thought it was really interesting too, because he didn't explicitly say and I, I I'm pretty confident that he probably got a lot of counsel before from attorneys and lawyers before he did that podcast. On I'm what sure say, what not to say.
0: Yeah. Um, and he for, did for that, and that particular, part, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And that part was really interesting because he said that they had warned them that information may be coming out that meets this criteria, this criteria, this criteria. He didn't explicitly say like they told us that this thing about Hunter is going to come out. Which, yeah, yeah, you know, is. I don't know. The FBI, I think, has lost a lot of trust from a lot of people for quite a long time. I don't know how how much people have faith in the FBI anymore, or Mm -hmm. if they ever really did. I don't. I I don't know. I haven't been around long enough. (laughs) And I'm like, it's interesting to learn about. But um, let me. I was going to say about the the kind of the strategic point of view on this, uh, like the censorship side of things, where you you talk about these. we, We were talking about the tech monopolies and how they kind of have taken over. I think what's interesting about Tate and specifically is that it seems to me that this is a strategy on his part to almost destroy uh, social media as we know it and to create some sort of, maybe not an alternative social media, but an alternative, like, I don't know. I just see this becoming a bigger trend and, you know, getting canceled, but drawing such an attraction to you of, you know, what you're saying, what your message is that you can then go anywhere and people will find your stuff because you're so influential and you have such a pull that people just want to hear it. And so it, it kind of, um, and I, I believe in the free market. I believe in free enterprise. I believe in, you know, capitalism. I think it's the best system that we have. I don't think it's perfect. I think it's the best one that we have. And ultimately the market will speak and tell, uh, tell these media platforms, say hey, we, we approve of what you're doing or we don't approve. And that's kind of the more optimistic route of, you know, I think that this will eventually we're going through a weird period of time right now. And I think long-term we're going to be okay. Like we're time will go, go on. We, we will still be able to have our conversations. And ultimately I think the media, the, uh, the society will, you know, d- decide what's acceptable. What's not acceptable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think, I don't know if that was his, because stri- he moved over to rumble, I think um, Tate did, which is I don't interesting. Know. Yeah. So I don't know what, I don't know what he's, what he's doing. Like I don't, I don't pay that close attention to him, but I pay, I pay enough attention to, to use him as like a, a marker on what different companies are doing and different, how different people are reacting to different situations, if that makes sense. Like, um, yes, yeah, so I don't, I don't really know. Like, I don't and know what he's. I don't know what he's up to. I, I feel like I don't he's
1: know. kind of a he's kind of a secretive guy to begin with. It seems, but it's fine. He's like he's interesting. The, yeah, he like his whole thing is like
0: a lot of so a lot of the. I don't know my my opinion on him basically is like he's done a very good job to make himself a lot of money he says some things that are valid in terms of becoming financially independent um where he thinks like money and governments are going things like that and then he then like stuff about relationships and whatever like i I could take it like it's not
1: yeah, it's definitely not I, gospel.
0: No, if if that's if that's how he thinks, then that's he can think that way, and people should just un- take it like we like we we're talking about earlier. Take it as like either a joke or just don't pay attention, because people like that is by no means the worst thing that anyone has said about women ever in their in their lives. So like, um, I don't know. I,
1: I mean, you have entire countries that yeah. don't believe in women's rights. That no, are for, you know, for sure. fully operating, and it's, it's. I don't know. I think it's a very. Uh, but no
0: one talks about those
1: really. exactly, and it's. It, you know, you're you're a hateful person if you talk about you know those countries. You know, you're not you're not accepting of things. So that's that's. I don't know. It's somewhat hypocritical, but I have this idea that humans in our nature were hypocrites, <laughs> because we do a lot of things that we say we yeah, don't. It's, impo- agree it's impossible with.
0: to not. To not
1: do that, yeah. You can try you,
0: to not. You can try to not. That's the important. That's the important thing. It's like you can try to not. Like those are people with like people that other people would say, yes, that person has like principles or that person has character. Those are the people that do what they say, and then like they mean what they say, say what they mean. Yeah, those. That's the saying.
1: Do what they say, say what they do.
0: Yeah, and those are the people that really attempt to not be. That, those are the one that's, like, kind of a, a marker of, like, I don't know, you can tell just in your day-to-day life, and like, oh, that person, like, he's got character. It's like, that's kind of what goes into that.
1: Yeah. I had a friend ask me the other day, what's more important, trust or loyalty to you, or trust or love? And I was like, man, I think they're kind of intertwined. Like, in order to truly love someone, I you think you have to trust trust them to some degree, and in order to trust someone, you... You don't necessarily have to love them in like a romance, romantic way, but you have to have a love for them as a human being in order yep. to trust what they say or what you know, believe yeah. them. So I, I don't know. It was an interesting question that made me really think. Uh, you know, which one of those? I, I mean, obviously, I value both of them, but it's no, I, I don't, don't know. If I, you can separate them?
0: I don't think so either. I agree with your synopsis of, of of what you said. I think that's that sums it up perfectly. I think a lot of things are like that. Um, I do real quick want to go back to the changing landscape of stuff because I talked with Professor Davidson. uh, We're talking about the war in Ukraine and then China. And I was like, feels like we're in shifting eras. And when I said it at that time, I was talking specifically about entering into like a new potential new cold war or something like that. But it's also true for how we consume media, how global currency is going, right? Crypto and things like that how like all sorts of stuff that we can't even think about yet. It's like things are like even like barriers to entry for business or like everything is so, everything feels like it's more accessible, but also less accessible at the, accessible at the same time. And I wonder, I don't know. I don't know. I think we're going to be in for a rough bit while people figure out how this is all gonna work there was another I was talking to somebody about this like not that long ago, and there was another example within that that I had. oh yeah, cars it's like so what are we gonna switch to electric cars or like every everything that we've built to this point is looking is looking like it's gonna just have a major shift, and that's really. Yeah, it's not worrying to me, but I feel like for a lot of people, it's very worrying because change.
1: People don't like change generally. So, yeah, it's that's a really yeah the the climate, electron electric vehicles, all that stuff is really interesting to me too. But um, as far as a changing landscape, even financially speaking, and
0: just everything, just everything. Yeah, if you think like remote, like do, remote
1: work, right? Every how how effective is that for a lot of people? You know how effective is it to To work in your pajamas from your house, probably not that effective. You probably aren't going to do as good of a job for most. I like it. (laughs) I mean, you like it, yeah, but are you as good as if you go into you know an office and that type? That's what I mean. Is like, uh, and companies look at production. Like Mm -hmm. employees don't look at production. They, most employees don't really. They show up. They do the. They do the bare minimum and expect the maximum, and that's kind of how it rolls. But as far as and, and this is kind of a new perspective for me with traditional business is looking at it like, okay, if we didn't produce the same numbers this month and we're not doing as well, we have to change something. And I could imagine that on a big scale, if you have people that are you know, shooting TikToks while they're doing meetings or whatever it is that people do from home, um, you're not going to want to keep those people. And you see that with Tesla and Facebook and, or Meta whatever the company is mm-hmm. called now they've done this they've laid people off, a lot of people off they've you know fired people that weren't producing and i think that's a telltale sign that that doesn't that doesn't work for a lot of companies it, what works is being productive however you know some people it works great some people they need their space they do better work you know from home or because they can have time they're not distracted by phone calls or they don't have the commute workers. yeah they don't have the commute that's a whole nother. yeah um i think i do think it's interesting talking about like currencies because you know our our government the last three or four years has created more money than they they have in the past however many 40 years whatever it is more
0: than i thought it was ever i thought they had printed more in the last i thought they
1: yeah maybe i ever, don't
0: remember it was like they've printed more in the last three to four years than ever I, or something something crazy like that
1: yeah some and, and whenever you produce something out of thin air and you make it rain, uh, that all loses value. And you know a lot of people, all that does on a, on a business, for example, because everything that you buy comes from someone's business. Every, yeah. every product, every service is, commerce is the backbone of the economy. So you can't have a, you can't, and whenever you produce money, it lowers the value of the currency. This is very simple supply and demand. Mm -hmm. And that's going to just raise the price of everything. It doesn't change the scale, but people's buying power is less. So they can't buy assets that gain value because those things are way more. And the only people that can afford them are people that already own them in a lot of cases. You know, like homes, like a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford homes the next couple of years because, well, they're all owned. They're all owned by big corporations. Like a lot of homes are owned by these um, uh, real estate companies, as opposed to individuals. Yeah, and that's not that's not healthy for you know for independent families to grow yeah. and to, you know a lot of people the the biggest the largest amount of money they ever spend is on their house. And if you, if you can't even buy a house to to own yourself, if you just have to rent your whole life, I mean, there's a lot of different ideas behind that you know people care more more about financial um i guess you could say independence being financially independent than they do buying a home per se like they could travel or spend that money in other ways and just live you know rent they don't really care Mm -hmm. but as far as from uh just creating success for yourself in general it's much harder like you have access to a lot more information but the because that that side of the funnel has made become so much bigger there's uh the people that already own those things kind of are like yeah i'm going to make this more and more and more expensive because so many people have access to to look at you know just take like artwork for example like i've been looking at artwork and collectible cards just as investments Mm -hmm. and it's very interesting because now it's very a lot harder to to even buy these things there's a lot more access. You can look at a lot more, but the prices go up because people are like, well, now that there's this much more demand because the market has opened, there's a, there's a limited supply. How much can I charge for it? How much, you know, I, I they can charge whatever they want and people will, someone will either buy it or they'll just retain the value that they already own. So it's, I don't know, whenever you create money and give it to people that, don't earn it. I don't necessarily think that's a sustainable thing long term. It might feel good in the temporary, but that money always flows up because people that have yeah. money—the reason they, the people that, most people that have—I saw a statistics that 60 to 70 percent of millionaires in America are are, the, are first generation money. They've made their money themselves. They did not inherit anything, and. To me, what that says is financial literacy. Those people are financially financially literate. Mm-hmm. And if you if you're born poor, that's not your fault. But if you stay poor in America, I think that is your fault because there's so many resources that you can go out and at least learn how to start. You don't have to stay at work. Like I worked beach, um, putting beach umbrellas in in Rehoboth. Mm-hmm. I worked at restaurants. I worked at outlet centers. I've worked. I've done everything. I've run summer camps. I've done so many different jobs making below minimum wage working only for tips doing that kind of thing uh but those are all learning experiences you don't stay there for the rest of your life unless you you know you want to i mean you know if it, i don't know i feel that if you stay where you're at that's you that's that's your fault in america mm there's opportunity to at least build your skills and do better than what you're, where you're currently at. If you put forth effort.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: In some countries that doesn't exist. Like whenever I lived in Germany, people were told at 16 what they're going to do the rest of their life. And it's just culturally accepted that that's what you do. If you work at the BMW factory, that's what you're going to do. You're going to be a teacher. That's, that's what you do. And they give you a, a kind of like an exit exam when you're like reaching the end of high school, and it's like, hey, this is what we approved you for. this is gonna be your job. you're gonna be a baker at the at you know yeah at the deli or whatever so it's so it's organized freaking, the germans phew, machine yeah
0: all right Zach It's been like an hour and a half dang really yeah, got on here a little after one it's two thirty um
1: you wanna talk about soccer at all?
0: Oh yeah, let's touch on soccer real quick because the Liverpool the Liverpool results came in. Uh they beat Bournemouth 9-0. Um Painful. City were down 2 0, Crystal Palace, Holland scored a hat trick, and then I think Gundogan or Bernardo Silva scores, so they won four two. Yeah, soccer's looking weird, man. The 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 landscape is I don't know. United as well. Who knows? What, do you th- what are your thoughts on the opening couple games in the
1: in the, prim- the Premier League? I, I haven't watched any. You haven't watched no. any? No, I mean... Do you even like soccer? Uh, so, that's a complicated question. <laughs> I don't like the industry of soccer in a lot of ways, but it Fair is enough. what it is. I'm sure you can understand that perspective. Yes, too. very much so. Um, so, I don't... I, I can't watch, like, MLS. I can't watch usl just because i can't really i just can't watch it personally um but as far as european soccer i just don't i don't carve out the time i mean i'm working a lot Mm -hmm. in the store now so i just don't i don't prioritize it i love soccer i enjoy it i do some you know mentoring of kids and training of kids that i try to give back to here Mm you know, teaching them what i've learned like from a lot of experiences that i've had i try to you know impart some of that to them but as far as watching it, I don't I don't do much. I I'm I'm interested in what you're doing with I see you know the World XP soccer and it's get your shirts, you sell outs. I'll have to get one of those. Yeah, I'll bring one to Delaware. Okay, sweet. I'll rep it. Remind what, me. What's the sign what what's the one on this yeah, one? Yeah, what's that?
0: Um that's tribal beast fitness. So that's the my assistant coach in high school. He's heavily involved in mma and he's got his own brand for like mma training and stuff and he sponsors fighters and and all sorts but he loves soccer and he wants to get back into the soccer so he helped me out um with some made it very easy to get like all the all the shirts that i've got um and so he put his logo on and i put up i put mine on it very simple very it's cool. good stuff
1: yeah how do you find uh creating content for so- the soccer content how do you find it is it um productive for you do you feel like a good return on it
0: yeah i'd say so i saw i went to a field um i
1: don't even mean i obviously i don't mean like financially i just mean for sure like fulfilling
0: about a a month ago i went to a field to play pickup and there were four guys there doing one of the drills that they had found on my on my page and i knew it was that it was because it wasn't very generic there were like little tweaks added that um a couple of the guys that i train with like it's kind of like trademark but not really um and i recognized it immediately i was like oh that's uh so it's working so yeah i'd say so that was that was a really cool feeling um yeah i'd say so i get messages here and there it's also just like just how to train for like there's a lot of really good young players in this area like high school age that follow the page and they don't have A lot of the coaches are really good as well, but they don't have the like, okay, we've seen this drill on Instagram. And then in my caption, I'll say why, like what exactly to look for when you're doing it? What, what the, like what the pros look for when they do this drill? Are they checking their shoulder? How's the weight of the first touch, right? It's not just you take a touch and then shoot it. It's, is your footwork are you taking is is the weight of your first touch good enough that you only have to take one step to set yourself up for a strike like those little things those that's what i put in 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 the in the captions so yeah i'd say yeah, so yeah i
1: read your captions by the way on those cuz i i'm a i'm a soccer nerd when it comes to and yeah. I, I i appreciate the details you know what are you thinking for your teammate are you predicting mm-hmm. what how do you manipulate defenders with your movement with mm-hmm. your Know with your first touch, how do you manipulate the defender and draw him out of a space and play around him? I I love teaching that stuff even to the young kids that I Mm -hmm. have because I tell them all the time at this age, if you can see the game the way I see the game, Mm
0: -hmm. you're
1: you're you're 15 years ahead of anyone else that you're playing against. Like the reality, like and if you can teach that young enough and for them to see the game strategically and simply, really because it is a very simple game once you understand Mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And like what you're doing, like the, with complexity comes simpleness. Yeah, you know? like when you understand the complexities of it, the game mm-hmm. becomes simple. Yeah, and I think that's what you do really well at explaining is the complexity, but keeping keeping the overall goal very simple.
0: Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I try. That's what I try to do because there's lots of pages that everything looks really complicated, and they got all the equipment and the and the different things, and it's like okay this is what this person is trying to do in this drill. Here's a very simplified version where you can work on the exact same thing with like three less people and $1,000 less of equipment. Like that's what I try to do because it's not – you don't need a lot of that stuff. But then also sometimes like I have the polls in the videos because it looks cooler. Even though you don't need them, you can use cones for, for yeah, all and, of them, for all and of and them. At the day,
1: you don't even need cones. All you need is a mentality. You yeah, need a and concept, markers and, and just like to be realistic
0: yeah you just put shoes on the ground it doesn't even matter um yeah so no it's been good i've got a couple like 10 11 12 year olds that i'm training and the improvement that i've seen from them has been huge so that's been really nice to see as well yeah it's good all the way around man it's um yeah i can't complain it's given me another outlet right? like when you talk about working from home in the commute, like not having the commute gives me the time to put into other things and still be able to perform at, at my job is, and I told uh, my old boss, I was like, you, if I'm working from home, you'll get a happier version of me and therefore more productive. Because if I'm happier and want to do the work, then I'll do it rather than if I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I had to drive an hour because so-and-so can't drive. And there's I an like, and you just sit there and you hate yourself. It's like, is then then it's not productive either so um so yeah i would say it's good i like it i like doing it um i like getting my thoughts out on the games sometimes just to like i don't know people don't really watch them but that's fine just like it's like it's like it's like when you used to like the early days of twitter when you would just like tag yourself and they're like is going to get pizza and you and like no it doesn't matter it's just nobody out there. cares they just de- oh, yeah.
1: something to write no it's it's a good uh, release, I guess, you know, like getting your thought, like journaling or something. No one's ever, most likely no one's ever going to read it, but mm-hmm. okay. You're getting yeah. thoughts out of your head and onto paper yeah. or onto, you know, a platform of some sort. No, I, yeah. I think that's part of the reason why I want to get into creating content more is because it's valuable. And one, it's valuable to me, It is important to get your thoughts out, like you said, but also it can you never know where it goes as far as creating a exploring ideas. Yes. Yes. Exploring other people's perspectives and getting to chat with interesting guys like yourself. It's, it's valuable to me. And I think a lot of people like this was part of the motivation too, behind the, my podcast was I, I had found a journal from my grandfather and it was, he worked in a coal. It's funny whenever you're saying Appalachia earlier, like the coal mine, that was my grandfather, literally Western Pennsylvania, uh, grew up in the same house for 80 years, uh, worked in a coal mine. And I found one of his journals from whenever he used to work in the coal mine. And it had like a bunch of just random notes that meant nothing to me, you know? And it was like 17 inches and, you know, put this light bulb up and run this wire and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dang, but this was his writing from 80 years ago. Like mm-hmm. when he was, you know, a young man working in the mines. And I was thinking, Wow. How cool would it be for my grandkids someday to find an archive of podcasts, of conversations, of content of me, not because I'm so interesting, but just because I would be interested to see that from my grandfather, you know, his journey in his life. You know, what did he do yeah. at 27? What did he do at 35? What it? Because then you can look at him and be like, wow, look at how he progressed throughout the years. Look at what he did. Like, because I feel like a lot of our experiences get lost. Mm -hmm. we forget you know we forget all the things that we do like i'm sure that this week alone you've probably done a thousand things you've already forgotten just like i have and it's like imagine if we kept a more accurate or just simple log of that stuff like how interesting could that be at the end of our lives or yeah even at the middle of our lives
0: yeah for sure that's a good point i think yeah it's, it's a good point and the the growth as well from like the beginning to like episode one to now growth in terms of being able to talk to people, be articulate, like, and then how your thoughts have evolved on certain things that so you'll, you'll be able to see the whole way through. Yeah. That's a good point for sure. But yeah, content creation is really cool, man. It's a, it's a grind for sure. It's a grind a hundred percent like that sometimes like, i don't know value for time like on the surface is like nah but if you like if you enjoy doing it then then you should do it because it's another you need more thoughts that aren't yelling in the world so if you want to provide
1: your thoughts that aren't yelling
0: into the world i think that would be a net positive
1: so yeah definitely that's a good point that's a good way to word it all yeah. right Let's wrap this up. All right.
0: Um, your podcast, are you gonna continue you're gonna continue to do it?
1: Yes, definitely. All right. Definitely. What is
0: it called for the people?
1: Pursuing Perfect by Zach Godlet. You can find it on Spotify only. All right. Um, uh, load it on.
0: <laughs> put the I'll put that link in the description.
1: Um, yeah, I'm gonna start I'm I'm gonna do I wanna do get into one episode a week.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm at. It's yeah. a it's a good like it can get a bit tough, but it's a good it's a good like schedule, I'd say, for sure. Cause especially like you've got your business and other things, I have my job and other things. So um, it's a it's enough of a consistent schedule that you'll be able to do it. But also, it's not you're not going to be driving yourself crazy. Like oh no, I haven't got the episode out. It's like you got enough time to to do it, especially because you did a lot of yours solo, right? Yeah. Yeah, so for me the issue is getting guests like for you you just have yourself so there you go. Well,
1: I well, yeah, and I I meet a lot of interesting people in the store just by the nature of it. A lot of people retire yeah. that have had really interesting careers and um I I like to have people on that I speak with. That yeah. Learn from so exploring ideas is something I'm really interested in as well.
0: There you go. All right guys, pursuing perfect Spotify link will be down in the description. Get your shirts. They're selling out or not but please buy them uh-huh. um all right guys we'll see you guys next time peace
1: appreciate you Eric.